When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan here. has uh, got a great show here on tap. A number of guests joining me here uh, throughout this week's Husker Online show. And uh, you can always hear us as well, not only on our podcast channels, um, through all places you can find podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google, um, you name it. Uh, we're also picked up on many great affiliates around the state of Nebraska, including in Kearney and Fremont and Grand Island, um, Omaha during the football season, and then 93.7 The Ticket in Lincoln, who is our longest affiliate of the Husker Online show. So we appreciate all the support we get each week here, um, as you can find us on all those places. If you don't catch the live version, uh, you can catch us on the podcast channels. But uh, getting into the week here for Nebraska, uh, they got a good commitment, I felt like, over the weekend. Riley Van Poppel, um, defensive lineman out of Argyle, Texas, 6'4", 265, perfect guy for what they want. High motor, high rev guy, four-star, depending on where you look, uh, but definitely a, a high profile recruit a key target for Mike Dawson. Um, I also think you know you, you got to give Brian Applewhite a lot of credit here. I think Brian Applewhite has helped Nebraska get into the state of Texas as much as we've seen in a long time, and, and you're going to see that even more over the next couple of weekends as Nebraska has you know a number of Texas guys coming in, at least as of show taping. There's three coming in this weekend from the state of Texas. And then on the final weekend of June, uh, Nebraska's got another two scheduled to come in. So, um, you know, you, you go back and study recruiting at Nebraska. They have not really had this type of success in Texas since joining the Big Ten. And, you know, that makes a lot of sense. They left they left the league that was featured in the southwest part of the country where they played a lot of games in Oklahoma and Texas. Now they're out of that league and Nebraska's foothold in there kind of fell off. But um, I think having some coaches like Brian Applewhite that know the area, that have recruited the area, have done a really good job. And let's face it, I, I think that part of the country now is much different. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC. Um, I think the Big 12 over time is going to lose some cachet with those teams leaving. And prospects, to me, are going to naturally want to gravitate towards the Big 10 and the SEC. And I think Nebraska's done a really good job. Now, they are at eight verbal commitments. But I think you can look through that list and see them at 11 or 12 pretty quickly which means, you know, I, I think Nebraska ideally would like to be at about 15 commits um, by summer's end. Um, I, I just think the, the formula now is this. you got to get 15, 16 guys kind of locked in before the start of the season. That is your core anchor group to build around. And then from there, um, you swing for some bigger names and then transfer portal guys. I think that's going to be the blend every year. But getting that early 15, 16 guys to me is a really, really big part of things. Now, this weekend, Nebraska will hold two of their camps. 
They have their Friday Night Lights camp number two on Friday, and then the Pipeline Lineman camp will take place on Saturday. And this is kind of the pinnacle of the camp weekend. You'll have the official visitors there, um, but there are going to be some 2024 and 2025 targets of note that will be really at both those camps. I mean, you might get some 2023s, but I think in general, the offer level guys are going to be in the younger grades, and that makes sense because I think the 2023s, they're already kind of done with camps. They, they are making trips around the country and visiting places, and they're in a position right now, at least for the most of those guys, aren't going to camp. And, you know, this last one should be, I think, the highlight one. It's definitely going to be a better camp for Friday Night Lights than we saw two weeks ago. So that will be something uh, to watch closely here moving forward. Now, coming later on in the show, I've got some great interviews to bring as well as a mailbag. Uh, but defensive back Omar Brown, the transfer from Northern Iowa, he will give his first interview since coming to Nebraska and going through practices and in the workouts. He did some, obviously, as a recruit. But he'll give his first interview here with me on the Husker Online Show, and we've got that in our next segment. So we'll hear about from Omar Brown and kind of what his story is and coming to Nebraska. Then former Husker Online intern Matt Reynoldson, good friend of mine, um, was our first intern that we ever hired at Husker Online and kind of set the tone. Uh, Matt is the weekend sports anchor for CBS 5 in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, Matt was in town. Um, we, caught, we crossed paths at a swimming meet. I was watching my daughters and – he was watching his two nephews swim, and I said, why don't you come on up? Let's tape and have some fun. And so Matt's going to join me, and we'll talk Huskers, we'll talk Packers, we'll talk Wisconsin. Uh, Matt brings some great insight to the show as he joins me. And then finally, former Husker running back Josh Davis will join me here on the show. Uh, Josh is the executive producer of the day-by-day -Day film that just recently was released um, and we're going to talk to Josh about that and how it's going. And there's some great opportunities to get out and see that movie. Uh, so we'll hear from Josh. And I mentioned we'll have a mailbag as well. That's, that's all next here on this week's Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan here, as mentioned earlier out of the gates, uh, new commits for Nebraska, camps this weekend, a lot of recruiting things going on. Uh, but summer conditioning in full swing. Uh, we are about a month away from the start of fall camp, which will open on the final week of July, about five or six weeks out from that. And uh, had a great opportunity here the last few shows to catch up with several members of the Nebraska football team here on the Husker Online Show. Today, I believe, making his Nebraska interview debut, because uh, I don't think we've talked to you since you've actually gotten going at Nebraska. But let's welcome into the Husker Online Show defensive back Omar Brown. Omar, welcome. Well, it was good to be here. It's first time. Yeah, and you know your story is very interesting. You transferred here from Northern Iowa. You were kind of a late addition to the transfer group that came in for the semester. Um, tell your story. I mean, what 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 kind of led from A to B to C to kind of get this all going? Yeah, uh, just basically just coming up, going where I, uh, coming around from. You know, you don't not a lot of people. Um, Really go big, especially coming out of my high school. You know, uh, two A inner city school. Uh, not a lot of people 
then we good. We don't really have we don't really go against a lot of good people. But we got a lot of dogs out there just just kinda hidden. So uh I ain't get highly recruited out of high school. Uh ended up going to the University of North Iowa. Uh went there just cause like I just feel like it just fit me. That's where I need to go, close to home. Uh family could come and watch me play. Uh basically just my goal was just to grind, just ball out there. Uh I never knew the steps, what the steps was gonna be. Never knew how anything was gonna play out. Just basically, just played football, did what I did. And, um, you know, now I'm a junior and stuff. Um, two years I, to play at Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, I got two years. Um, basically, just just getting that getting that feeling that it was just time to 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 move up. Uh, maybe getting a little too Alaska uh, Daisy, like just chill. I was chilling too much. Uh, not even just chilling, but Feel like I wasn't pressured enough. Uh, feel like I wasn't getting challenged enough. Um, so I just, you know, I just took that risk uh, to go on and play, uh, play bigger, uh, get my name out there, show everybody who I am. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. We're talking here to Northern Iowa uh, transfer Omar Brown, former FCS All-American player, uh, was one is one of 15 transfers to join the Husker football team here this offseason. And you know, you came from FCS. Um, a year ago, Samori Tori did that. You know, with NIL and everything going on at the transfer portal, you know, how much more common do you think it's going to be for really high-profile FCS guys like yourself to at least have, you know, think about what you did? Because it, it just seems like the opportunities and with the portal that are out there, it, it makes these moves a lot easier than maybe five years ago. Yeah, uh, honestly uh – you could make it from any level. Like I, I really realized that this year. Like I already been on that, but just seeing how everything went this past year and just seeing everything, like you don't, you don't gotta move up to make it to the league and anything. Uh, so I feel like what I did wasn't much of an impact. It was just more of a personal thing for me. I feel like I've been wanting this. It's something I've been wanting to do. But I, I definitely FCS. They definitely got some talent there. Definitely, and I seen it, and I I got some dogs coming out of there that's that's gonna uh, gonna be in the next level, and I just can't wait. But I think for me, it was just more of a personal thing for me, something I always wanted to do, uh, just to challenge myself. Like I know transferring, starting over, uh, not being that guy, you know, that was I already knew that was gonna be a challenge. I knew, you know, and so I'm just I'm ready to take the challenge. I'm ready to do what I need to do. Show everybody. When the competition you saw in the Missouri Valley, I mean, teams like North Dakota State, South Dakota State particularly, um, you know, th those types of teams can play with anybody. And Northern Iowa is one of them too. Um, I mean, do you feel like, yeah, it's a step up, but you've been probably pretty challenged mm -hmm. um, even even so when you look at what type of competition you've played against? Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, I think like FCS, uh, the difference between FCS and like Big Ten, I, say what, I would probably say like the speed and uh, – the size of the guys. I feel like FCS, uh, we, we actually had some big guys in FCS. Like, we had some big linebackers, some big O-line, big D-line, and definitely some big wide receivers. Like, they got some big bodies. So, uh, I think just the the difference here would be uh, just faster. Everything, fat, like, faster guys, um, probably more strong guys, too. And I, I can't, that's what I can't wait for. I, love, I, I just love that competition. I want to go against – people that's ranked people that, that you hear on tv like you know I, you know i watch them all the time so I, f I feel like i'm ready for them yeah and, and the resources too i'm sure that's a huge deal i mean when you got to nebraska 
what were one or two things that you get now that you never could have gotten in a million years at an FCS school in terms of just the amenities and the resources and things that, that are now at your disposal? <laughs> I'd probably say consistent gear. <laughs> at my old school, you know, you just, you, you, you take what they give, you know, you ain't really focused on it, like, you know what I'm saying? So I, I think, like, just. How much gear are you getting? Like, give us an idea what, what, what type of gear you're getting. I honestly think we get something every week. Like, we always, it's always something we get every week. Like, even if it's something little or something big, like, we always get something. But it ain't even really about that. I said just, when I first got here, I seen, like, how everything was, like, and I loved it. Like, you know, it was good to see, you know, this something you, you love to see. Like, coming out of high school, you want to see, like, like, oh, man, I've been dreaming this my whole life. Uh, but I think, like, since I'm a junior now, you know, I'm older, you know, I'm trying to think about my future and everything, like, I don't really think about stuff like that. Like I love, I love seeing and having all these things, but like honestly, like it's just football in my mind. Like all the materialistic things, like it's cool. I love that we have them. It's it's a huge help, but it's like I'm just worried about the the number one thing, like just football and just staying focused. And you went in the portal. Um, how how many um, how long did it take before you kind of engaged with Nebraska and? You know, what kind of teams were you hearing from out of the portal as a high-profile FCS guy? Yeah, uh, so, like, you know, obviously, I, uh, like you said, I kind of came in late. Uh, it was kind of a, a hard process. Like, it was it was definitely, like, um, tiring. Uh, I definitely just had to get my mind re- ready for it. I never been through – I never transferred, like, anything before, so I never knew what it was going to be like. I, I Honestly, somebody had somebody call me, and they told me, like, you get ready, you know, it's going to be a, a lot. Everything's going to be moving fast, especially you, you uh, kind of doing it late. So just get ready for what's going to happen. And I was like, all right, bet. And just with Nebraska, um, you know, obviously I got people I already knew here before, uh, Marquise Buford, Chris Klarvik. Um, just that relationship, like I already knew them. And um, I think – and uh, Coach Fish. How would you know Marquise Buford? Me, me and Keith actually known each other growing up. Uh, we uh, went to camps, Adidas camps, Under Armour camps together. So I was just always seeing him. He was a receiver at the time. You know, I was like just a new corner, just starting corner. So I, me and him would guard each other. Uh, and then um, we got a guy, uh, Levi Bradley, we cool with. That's like family. So we just kind of like reconnected. Once I, once I transferred, I was like, we just, just kind of reconnected. I'm like, yeah, that's my dog. I remember you. We, we used to go against each other. Uh, so. We're talking here with Omar Brown, Nebraska defensive back. It came from northern Iowa. Now, Omar, you didn't get to go through the spring. Um, you were battling a back injury. Kind of go into detail where you're at now and, you know, are you are you full go? And when when have you been – when were you kind of cleared to go full go? Not yet for sure. Uh, that whole process, even like right after I got injured, uh, just knowing what it would be, like knowing what it was and everything, from right there, you know, I don't even – I take injuries very seriously. So right after that, when I found out what I needed to do, shoot, I was already kind of preparing before I even came here, already getting rehab, getting ready. So when I came here, it was just their re- their rehab they had for me and just me following it consistently. I felt good. I've been feeling good, stretching every day because, you know, I've been doing it before I got here. So when I got here, you know, obviously I did what I need to do with the trainers. Uh, had to sit out for a little bit, understood. Uh, but now I feel honestly feel better than what I was before. You know, just I've been stretching more, taking care of my body more. So honestly, it was just like a, a lesson, 
lesson learned, just I needed that, like, you know, take care of your body. You know, if you want to keep doing this for your future, just make sure you're here. So when you do come on the field, you could give it out, give it your best. How much, though, was the competitor of you to, to want to get out there with Braxton and guys like Quentin and obviously Tommy Hill, um, who came in as a transfer like you? I'm sure you're watching like, man, I got to get out there and kind of mark my spot in there if I can. Not yet for sure. It definitely felt weird. Uh, I never sat out a football for like that long, like from an injury, like watching everybody. You know, I've never been a watcher. I've never been a person on the sideline. And especially to a new school, it's just like kind of, I was a little frustrated at first uh, having to watch them. I seen people kind of uh, getting ahead of me and everything, but honestly just keep it, reminding myself just, be patient. Just do what you need to do. Uh, everything going to come. You know what I'm saying? Don't try to rush the process. Don't try to, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I'm just trying to do me. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to hate nobody. I ain't going to. I'm, I'm kind of just worried about me this year. Just making sure I'm I'm, uh, I'm level-headed. I'm ready for my future. You know what I'm saying? I want to go to the league. So just staying mature. Staying, even when I am new here, just being close with the guys. If, if I see something wrong, you know, let them know. If, if they see something wrong with me, I want them to let me know too, you know, it's just, it's kind of maturity thing. It's all that kind of like childish stuff come out the window. You know, a lot of us trying to get to the league, we all like juniors and seniors and stuff. You know, we, we just thinking about what's ahead now. How much talent is in this group and how good can this group be when you look at the whole secondary with what's potentially there? Man, honestly, I feel like all the DBs could play on the field at once. If we had that set up, we would play like five, six DB, I feel like, like, a lot of us could come out there and play, to be honest. So that, that's why I really can't wait for it, just seeing how it's going to be, how they're going to work all of us around, you know, because we definitely got some dogs out there at corner, safety, nickel. Are you just corner or can you play safety too? Not yet. Uh, they recently just told me, uh, and I've been working uh, at safety and corner and just and also, uh, also getting uh, some nickel too just to look at it. So uh, just being versatile. I never – ever did this in my life. So that's also a new challenge, just getting ready, learning learning those positions because at the end of the day, it's going to help me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I could learn. Like, somebody hurt, I go in or, oh, yeah, he right here. He, he know how to, you know what I'm saying, put me in anywhere I go. As we wrap it up here with Omar Brown, you are from Minneapolis. Um, I got to ask you this. Um, did you grow up a Gophers fan? And did you ever get recruited by them? Did you ever hear from their coaching staff? And, you know, kind of what's your thoughts about getting a chance to play your home, hometown Gophers? <laughs> You're laughing, so I know there's a story in there. Yeah, it's a story. I ain't gonna bring up the story, but I can't. I can't wait to play them. It's just, it's gonna be fun. I got some. Uh, I got some players on the team that I, I played in high school, and I just, I honestly can't wait for that game. Minnesota knows what's up, so yep. They got a good receiver, I think, Chris Altman Bell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my trainer, my trainer actually trains him, so uh, me and him, we can't wait for that way. We can't wait for that matchup uh, either. All right. Well, hey. Omar, we appreciate you. Uh, I was trying to get you to give me some bulletin board material to give PJ Fleck, and you you, you pumped the brakes there. So I think the coaches will be happy that you didn't uh, say yeah. too much. Nah, yeah, for sure. I just, I just, it's really just uh, getting to play my hometown. I just can't really wait for that. Uh, so everybody see, I have like just playing against friends. To be honest, that's that's what I can't wait for. Uh, I never really played against friends uh, like in college. So yeah, this this would be the first. The How first many guys time. you know on that team? Over twenty. Yeah, I got to say like over 20. I know I know a lot of those guys. All right. Well, looking forward to that. And Omar, uh, welcome to Nebraska and appreciate you taking the time to come up here and, and join us here on the Husker Online Show. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Much more to come. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, I mentioned we're going to have a special guest joining us here in studio and pleased to bring in uh, one of our first interns. I, I believe, Matt, were you were you the first intern? I, I was the first. David Eicholt and I were the first interns. Wow. Online. And yep. David Eicholt is a uh, – you don't, you don't mention his name in Nebraska now. He's, he's a Hawkeye <laughs> reporter, but – um, we got pleased to have in former Husker Online intern Matt Reynoldson, who's now um, the number two sports guy for CBS 5 and Green Bay, covering the Packers. Uh, Matt, you've been out in, what, CBS for three three uh, full seasons? Two two years. So um, I moved during the kind of start of the pandemic, so April of 2020, and I've been there for about two years and a couple months and change. So it's nice to have a normal year finally to look forward to. Yeah, because you got out there, and it was like the 2020 football season, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we had all Zoom in 2020. I didn't go to any of the games in 2020 because they really limited press box access. And then 2021, it was half, okay, we're going into the podium room for the first half of the season, and then the Omicron outbreak locked it all down. We were back to Zoom for the rest of the season, and now we're finally back in the locker room. Yeah, when Aaron Rodgers um, tested positive, was it last year? Yep. Um, yep. And, and refused. I mean, that that was quite a, a mess to deal with that story, I'm sure. I remember the saga all throughout that, and he went on the McAfee show to address some of that. And I'm shooting state volleyball at this time, high school state volleyball in Green Bay, and I'm running it back and forth <laughs> trying to get the end of these sets so I can get good highlights. But running back in so I can hear what he's saying on the McAfee show and live tweet it and take some notes so we have it for the shows later. It was crazy. That was a crazy day. Covering Green Bay, um, I mean, there are probably some similarities to Nebraska. I mean, how did your time, just all the years you spent around day-to-day Nebraska, kind of prepare you for it? And, and kind of what's the difference in your eyes of covering a pro team like Green Bay versus Nebraska? Well, you'll get your standard differences between covering a pro team and a college team, but I think that's the most similar you can possibly get in the entire country. You go from a football-obsessed state to a football obsessed state the Packers run Wisconsin the Huskers run Nebraska and it's it's so interesting the similarities of that and the interest on a day-to-day basis of you can never go wrong leading with Packers you can never go wrong you know doing a deep dive into hey what does this room look like as far as this position or hey what is the outlook for this particular group or this part of the season, whatever, people will always be willing to talk Packers. And there's been nothing short of plenty of drama to talk about over the past couple of years. But even when things are in a little bit of a lull, people are still willing to talk about it. What's Aaron Rodgers like? I mean, is he very accessible or is everything kind of very controlled and podium with him? And once he steps off the podium, you know, that's it. That's a very interesting uh, topic among us as beat reporters because he is – very accessible because he wanted to be the antithesis of what Brett Favre was as far as quarterback, media access, everything like that. So obviously his play on the field is very different from what Brett Favre, the gunslinger, was. A bunch of interceptions, everything like that. Aaron's a little bit more conservative, does not throw picks, has a one of the best 
efficiency rating and best uh, quarterback rating in NFL history and will probably retire as such. But he is, uh, he is always at his locker. So Brett Favre went to the podium when he talked. Aaron is at his locker. They won't, he won't let him pull he won't let the PR staff pull him into the middle of the room for those interviews. He is. Saying, he prefers kind of the mm-hmm. casual. Very casual. You know, surround me with microphones, whatever. But I'm just going to stand here because it's my locker and this is normal and I'm, you know, part of the team. He's different. You know, he's a differently wired guy. Absolutely. Thinks about things much differently than, than a lot of other people. But definitely has that football savant type that listening to him is you can tell that there are thoughts and there are plays from 10 years ago right in the front of his mind at all times whenever he's doing something on the football field. Are there any Nebraska guys on the Packers roster? I'm trying to think. What's, what's yeah, it Yeah, the like? only Nebraska guy on the Packers roster is Samori Toure. So they just drafted him in the seventh round and had a one-on-one interview with him last week. So it was nice really sit- sitting down and talking to him. And I let him know after the interview that I'm a Nebraska guy as well. Did you tell me you worked for Husker Online? He's been <laughs> in this office many times. Of course he has. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I, I told him kind of my history with Nebraska and everything like that and it was nice to sit down and talk to him and just kind of get a feel for how last year and his one year at Nebraska is translating to you know offseason OTAs for Packers so far and I really got the feeling you know for, for this Nebraska audience I really got the feeling that he did enjoy his time here that he really cares a lot about this program it was not just a stopover to him like a lot of grad transfers kind of end up being when they move on to the league he talks very highly of his time in Nebraska, even though last year the results weren't exactly what the Huskers wanted them to be. But uh, Samori is really, you know, complimentary of, you know, the offense he was in despite the struggles and everything like that and what he learned from Nebraska and obviously took a lot of things from here that he wouldn't have taken from Montana just going straight to the league. How many receivers make the active roster? And, and if you kind of handicap the numbers, I mean, where's he at, like in the, in the pecking order? Yeah, he's right on the borderline. So they have taken six receivers each of the past two seasons. They've gone as many as seven, but the seven is the highest. I did a lot of research on it last year. The seven receivers on the active 53-man roster at the, when they make the initial roster cuts at the end of August – that is the highest it's been in the last decade. I didn't go deeper than that. It might have been. And that seventh guy might be more a return guy or mm-hmm. somebody that's versatile that can do other things, I'm guessing. Exactly. So the sixth guy the past two years has been Malik Taylor. Uh, he's been mainly a special teams guy, but has some skill sets offensively that they you know really like and everything like that. And Samori, I believe, is competing for that spot. The sixth spot. spot. Yeah. And if he's not on the sixth spot fairly good chance he makes the practice squad unless another team takes him. Exactly. And I think he is in a good position with his what he showed at the Senior Bowl with special teams to make that sixth spot or make that seventh spot because you look at the roster right now and there's a lot of, there's a big hodgepodge of guys up there. I think the top two draftees will absolutely make it between Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and then you add in Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard and then all of a sudden it's a little bit of a crowded room there. Alan Lazard's from Des Moines. You knew that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Former five-star guy, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was. Um, we, um, I remember I interviewed him right when Nebraska offered him, and I want to say it was the Pelini staff that offered him first when he was young. Mm-hmm. And he looked at Nebraska, but he had a strong connection to Iowa State. I want to say he's a legacy or something. Yeah, but, I think he was, yeah. Uh, I, I remember watching him in college going up there for one of the games. I had a good buddy of mine in high school that went to Iowa State, so went up there probably four, t- four or five times in college and watched him absolutely light it up. I think it was against either Iowa or Kansas, so... No, we're talking here with former Husker Online intern Matt Reynoldson, who is the weekend sports anchor at CBS 5 in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Let's talk Wisconsin. Let's talk Big Ten. Um, 
you're so centric on obviously the Packers. Mm-hmm. How often can you get to Madison and and shoot a Badgers game? And particularly when Nebraska comes out there, I'm sure you try to get there. But I'm you know you're, you're the you're running that ship on the weekend, <laughs> so you can't really leave Green Bay. I'm sure. Exactly, and kind of a kind of a fun anecdote on that. I wanted to stick around Madison last year for the Nebraska game, but our so they had state football the two days leading up to I remember the Nebraska Wisconsin. It's game. a Friday afternoon finals, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the Division One final. They do it in direct order, unlike here where they kind of bounce around between you know you go d2 c b class class a you know they, they mix it around they go in direct order from division seven to division one and division one's the top class in wisconsin so our powerhouse division one team that was that had kind of pulled a couple upsets in the playoffs had led the eventual state champion by three touchdowns in the state semifinals in the fourth quarter the weekend before wow and blew that lead so that game was at five o'clock on friday and it, had they won i was just going to stick around that night stay in the hotel room and stick around for the nebraska game the next day but it wasn't meant to be so I, I make it down there every once in a while we made it down there for the opener last year that was a big one they played penn state it, that that game was a mess i don't know why they start with conference games right off the bat because both teams looked absolutely terrible but uh that's a it's an interesting program to cover. It'll be much nicer to cover them now that Madison has dropped a lot of the COVID restrictions. And Wisconsin's kind of just the default favorite to win the West. Mm-hmm. I mean, their Vegas over-unders, eight and a half. Iowa, Nebraska are at seven and a half. I think Purdue's right around that number. In Minnesota, it's like six and a half. Right. I mean, do you, when you look at Badger teams from the past, I mean, do you think this is a team that's maybe a notch down, or are they going to keep reloading and figure out a way to go nine and three and ten and two? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's hard to say because I think they're better on the offensive line than they were last year. Last year was one of the weakest Wisconsin offensive lines I've seen in a long time, but I think they were better on defense last year than they are this year. I mean, they lost a lot when you lose two inside linebackers of that caliber, especially Leo Chanel and what he did in the Big Ten. I mean, they have they build that around those inside line. Linebackers. And you look at Jim Leonard's defense, actually got a look to be the Packers defensive coordinator last turned year. Turned it down, and right? Turned it down to stay in Madison. I know he he's going to be the head coach of the Badgers eventually. I would he? think so. Yeah. I mean, he has young family as well. So I think he wants to stick around Madison and the volatility for NFL coaching jobs. I think he knows he has stability in Madison for a long time. But I think that defense is probably primed to take a step back, especially defensive line and inside linebackers. So um, while the offensive line gets better and you have your bell cow running back in Braylon Allen, best high school football player I've ever seen, by the way. He was in our area up in Wisconsin covering him as a 16-year-old and seeing him run through He was a four-star, right? He was a four-star and was not expected to be a running back in Madison either. He was expected to be a safety. They put 50 pounds on him. Wow. Was going to make him a nickel inside linebacker. They moved him to running back in fall camp, and then he just exploded. It's incredible. I'll be really curious, though, with NIL, because teams like Wisconsin and Iowa aren't into it. Exactly. Um, Iowa has not launched a collective yet, and I think they're in the works. I don't know if Wisconsin has a true collective. I know when they were going after um, Caleb, uh, Williams. Caleb Williams, they didn't really have a plan mm-hmm. to compete in the marketplace. And it was like they tried to scrounge up $25,000 um, you know, NIL deals from mm-hmm. top boosters, but it just, you know, it's not structured. And I just wonder if they can continue to be Wisconsin in the new market we're in. And I know they think they can, but it's going to be interesting to see if they can. I think they're maybe a little bit better positioned to do it than some of the other programs in the West. I mean, I know that Minnesota football is very much on the back burner in Minneapolis, whereas Wisconsin football, it's, it's got a high level of interest in the state. I would even probably put it as the as the number two interest in the state of Wisconsin because uh, I think I think Brewers come in third and they they, they kind of toggle and everything like that professional sports carry a little bit the 
different interests. Yeah, but Wisconsin is always good, so people care about you know what the Badgers do. But when they're bad, like they went on a four-game losing streak or a three-game losing streak, and you know started in rough shape, and there were not a lot of people in those stands. And then they got better, and people started to come back and everything like that. But it, the interest wavers a little bit more than it does here. But those alumni are really, you know, it, if you go, I mean, if you've been on the Madison campus, which Sean, I know you have. It's awesome. It's amazing. And it, it shows just how much the alumni are invested in that university, in those athletic programs. It's really impressive. And so I think if they get something a little bit more structured for NIL, they could be keeping up with a program like Nebraska as far as that front. I think it's the best campus and the best college town in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's incredible. It's um, incredible. I mean, there's so many things to do. And that I mean, even like their student union's got a full bar in it. Mm-hmm, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just totally Had a spotted coward on the deck, right? Just <laughs> a totally different feel. And as we wrap it up here with Matt Reynolds, and what about Nebraska, Matt? I mean, I know you follow it closely. You've been on um, Husker Online for many years, even away from our, our site. When we had a site, by mm-hmm. the way, we don't have a site right now. <laughs> oh, if you're yeah. not familiar, um, Husker Online is just me right now. Um, you're, I'm bringing you in today to help me. So, uh, but what are your thoughts on Nebraska and going into this season? I'm excited. I really am. I think uh, the changes in offensive staff. It feels like Scott really brought some adults in the room and <laughs> knew that he was going to change the philosophy a little bit and get a little bit more grounded with here's how we do the day-to-day and everything like that. You know, I think the the old offensive staff last year, they were great between the 20s. But where you earn your money, where you earn your paycheck, right, is inside the 20 when you're trying to score points. And they just didn't score points at a well enough clip. So I think Casey Thompson coming in and uh, potentially Chubba Purdy competing for that spot, I think that, you know, knocks back the turnovers quite a bit. I think the efficiency of the offense under Mark Whipple, especially in the passing game, um, new receiver additions like, uh, Trey Palmer I really like as well and I, I just think that the offense is more built for m- more built to execute inside the 20 and then I was concerned about the defensive line in spring ball but the transfers they've added especially Stefan Wynn and then O'Shawn Mathis I, I, I just love what they're doing at every stage with the transfer portal I think this team is, is built to win and win significantly especially with the way the schedule lines up well Matt it's been great having you in we saw each other um, I was at my daughter's swim meet you had <laughs> did you have a, a niece and a nephew going no two nephews two nephews so, okay yeah. So, yeah, and I, I see Bob and Cheryl. I mean, they, they've got a season ticket to the uh, Firethorn swim meets. <laughs> yes, they do. They, they're, they're seeing all the action. Sometimes kids are running, swimming into other lanes and things like that, but it's what makes it fun, right? I see Bob every – we'll see him the next four Monday uh, meets <laughs> to go. But, Matt, appreciate you coming in and uh, uh, glad that you've been a part of our team from the beginning and, and looking forward to following your career further. Well, thanks, Sean. It's always proud to be a Husker Online alumnus. <laughs> All right. Well, much more to come. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan here as uh, it's going to be a busy Friday night in Lincoln with Friday Night Lights and recruiting, but Great Friday night as well in the Omaha area. Um, the Day by Day movie is going to be showing uh, not only this Friday, they showed it last Friday, but every single Friday night in Ralston at the Granary Green venue um, right there in the heart of Ralston, downtown Ralston. Um, and I'm pleased to bring in uh, one of the developers and uh, people that, are, that has been a big part of the Day by Day movie, former Husker player, a uh, guy that's the same age as me. We went to UNL the exact same time. Uh, well, let's welcome into the program Josh Davis. Josh, uh, it's, it's great to uh, get a chance to catch up with you. 
Hey, Sean, it's great to catch up with you, too. Yeah, it's been seems like it's been years since you and I went to school there together. But uh, some great times uh, while we were at school together. And uh, congratulations on uh, your show. And, and uh, you know, just happy and, uh, to be on your show right now. Well, yeah, let's talk about the movie, Josh, because you've been uh, so big, um, you know, with putting this together with a group of people and um, a lot of work, a lot of time. And, you know, it's such an important piece of history of Nebraska to capture these interviews, especially with Coach Osborne, uh, for him to share kind of the things he did and guys like Barry Switzer and whatnot. Um, what are your thoughts just on the movie, how it's turned out, and, and, and just kind of let Husker fans know uh, more about it? Yeah, it's been a long road with the movie. We started uh, kind of talking about it at the end of 2018, um, kind of partnered up with Mark Brungart, who's a former player there too, a legacy player at Nebraska with his uncle Paul and his dad Tim, who played there. Mark was a linebacker there. He, he's one of my very best friends. And uh, another, uh, the director, who's Justin LaPera. I've known Justin since uh, we were, I don't know, 11 years old. And so went to high school and everything uh with him and throughout did a lot of sports with him but you know it was a lot of work in the making and uh, we discussed throwing around the idea of making the film uh just wondered why there was never any type of 30 for 30 on nebraska uh because they had such a great story and just a such a remarkable run in the 90s under coach tom osborne so that's kind of how it you know took off uh, with the idea of it and then post that idea there was a lot of work going into it with reaching out to of course as you mentioned tom osborne and uh getting him to sign off on wanting to be a part of it and uh, a number of players who were uh just wanting to make sure that it would be a a good look for nebraska and of course uh, mark and i being former huskers uh you know we wouldn't want nothing else um, but a good look for nebraska you know my dad tony davis uh tough tony was a, a big part of nebraska and we just wanted to make sure that we we did the fans right. We did the, the alumni right. We did uh, the coaching staff and the players that were a part of those teams right. And uh, the, the film turned out great. It's, uh, it's, it's a two-part documentary. Uh, and so movie one is the one that is released right now, the green and the granary, as you mentioned, in Omaha slash Ralston. And, uh, you know, the second movie will be coming out uh, most likely after this one is finished. It could be next spring. But... We want to give a good run for movie one all throughout the state of Nebraska. Mark Brungard is, is doing a lot of hands, uh, uh, kind of kind of pounding the pavement and, and, and doing a lot of work on the ground around Nebraska with his connections as far as releasing that locally through the different cities. He, he's got a lot of connections there. So we want to be able to bring this uh, to uh, the state of Nebraska and the various cities. And, and Mark's doing a great job at that and getting that set up. And so we'll be able to announce where the other venues are coming uh, when those uh, get confirmed. And we're just excited for the fans to see it. We've had a lot of great feedback, Sean, uh, from coaches uh, that were in it to players that were in it to the fans. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're just uh, happy with where we're at currently. But uh, we have a long road ahead with regards to work and making sure that we're doing everything we can to make sure that the Nebraska fans see this. We're talking here to former Husker uh, Josh Davis, who once held the record for carries per game, by the way, at Nebraska, and I believe kickoff or turn yardage in the season. Josh, i got to give you a plug because you had a great career at Nebraska. <clears throat> yeah, it seemed like it was just yesterday, but the times has, uh, have flown by. You know, the, the carries per game record, I don't know, that might have took a couple of years off my life, Sean, but 
I'm still sore watching that Penn State game. I mean, it was just like, and that was like an old school blue collar Penn State team where those linebackers. Pro- I can't even imagine the hit you took on your body in that game. Yeah, it was just just not just playing the eye back position. I was doing eye back, kick return, and punt return. So it was it was a busy night. And I'm just glad I helped contribute to our team getting a victory. Um, you know, I got a lot of great friends that were on that team, and it was just a memorable team to be on. Um, you know, specifically Ross Pilkington, who is the best man of my wedding, who played wide receiver there. Uh, Mark Brungard, again, a special teams player. And then uh, Jamal Lord, who is, uh, I think, just a, a very underrated quarterback, one of the best athletes I've ever seen on a football field. I just love being a part of those guys' team. And, and again, we were under Frank Solich for his last year. Well, yeah, and, and, you know, back to the movie, Josh, and, and kind of putting this thing together, you've been around Husker football your entire life with your father, and you know a lot of this history, but I'm sure putting this project together and being behind the scenes, you learned a lot of new things um, that you didn't know, and, and that's why I think it's important for Husker, true Husker fans to see this movie because you're going to probably walk into this thing and you're going to be like, man, I knew a lot about these teams, but I never knew this, this, and this. Absolutely. I mean, I think you hit it right on the head. Um, growing up as a fan and just watching those teams and seeing how dominant they were, I mean, of course, you know that they won the games and, and you know, beat teams pretty soundly and, and had some epic battles. Uh, when you're talking about Nebraska-Miami, that was one of my favorite games ever, just kind of how it was back and forth and, and the, just the drama in it. And finally, Coach Osborne won the big one. Um, but it's the behind-the-scenes things that you didn't really realize that the team was going through and even Coach Osborne and uh, kind of the, the way the media looked at them. Uh, because, again, I'm, I'm a teenager. At that point in time, I'm probably self-consumed with what I'm doing in high school and so forth. But, you know, there was guys that, you know, that were on the team that, that didn't realize some of the stuff that, that was going on and even the coaching staff. So I don't want to give away too much, but I think it's a great educational piece uh, for all the fans that, that thought, you know, that loved Nebraska growing up and even the, you know, folks in Nebraska that maybe did not grow up as fans and didn't see the success the last 20 years or so that they, they were you know used to hearing about from their parents and grandparents, it's really going to give them a, a great overview of you know what, what those teams went through, how dominant they were, and why they were so special. And we're going to have Gordon Witten on next week on the show, but um, they're hosting it, as we said, at the Granary Green 27-foot screen. They have food trucks and different food options available. Um, doors open at six. The show starts at seven. It'll be over with um, around nine o'clock. Um, you know, talk more about just the venue and you know why this is a movie that you want to see on a big screen if you can. You don't want to watch this on your cell phone or your computer screen. You want to watch this on a true movie screen. And uh, the Granary Green in Ralston is a perfect place to go see it. Now, Gordon Whitman is, is just a great guy. Uh, he's got a really outstanding venue um, at the Granary and. Uh, you know, it, to your point, Sean, it's just the whole feel of this film from, you know, the sound of it to seeing it on the big screen to, to having that type of event. I would encourage all fans to go out there if you have the ability uh, to go see it one of the nights. I know, uh, you know, they're going to be running that for a number of consecutive weeks out there. It's a venue that, that is just outstanding, and, and it's going to be uh, the type of event that, again, you're not going to want to miss. And uh, I would encourage you to go there. Um, it's going to be uh, something that you're going to remember for a long time. And you can go on the daybydaymovie.com website under events, 
and you can pre-buy your tickets and you do get a little bit of a discount if you go on the daybydaymovie.com website. If you buy a four pack ahead of time, uh, you can get four tickets for $70, save $10 online. Uh, under 18 um, is $8. Uh, there are some different VIP packages, but I encourage you to check out the Day by Day website, Josh. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, again, fans go out there, check it out. It's going to be a, a great show. Uh, it's going to be a, a great event. And again, you're going to learn more about Nebraska than you ever thought you'd, you had known from those years. And it's, it's a behind the scenes look. And it will be great memories for, for all that, that show up there. And, uh, you know, go Big Red. And uh, thank you for having me on your show, Sean. And I look forward to this season. I hope Nebraska has a great one under Scott Frost and the, and the coaches that they brought on. All right. Well, thanks again to Josh. And I'll be out at the Granary Green on Friday, June 24th. Uh, I'll get a chance to speak to the crowd a little bit about what's going on with the team this summer. Uh, before the showing so uh, invite you all to if you can't make it this week on the 17th uh, come on out on the 24th they're out there every Friday night over the months of June and July in the heart of Ralston at the Granary Green thanks again to Josh Davis Uh, much more to come you're listening here to the Husker online show You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again to Josh Davis, Matt Reynoldson, and Omar Brown for joining me here on the show. Uh, got a great one again next week, too. Um, we got Braxton Clark coming on with me um, as well, some other guests. So uh, lots going on here, even in the dead months of summer with the Husker Online Show. But I'm uh, going to close up with a mailbag segment Got a lot of uh, good questions this week. Uh, I post this on Twitter for the time being until I get my full staff of enforcements, reinforcements back with me in September. Uh, so I've uh, got a lot of good questions, though, here on Twitter. And first one was from Ryan Fanzingler. Wants to know, has there been any update on tight end Thomas Fedoni? Great question. Short answer is no. Um, there's not been any official update, but I'll just say this. I would be shocked or at least surprised if we saw Thomas Fedoni in the early portions of the year. I'm not saying he's out for the year, um, but I, I'm just not expecting or counting on him at this point. We know he suffered an injury, a pretty good one, on the beginning of spring practice. It's his second major knee injury potentially in the last year. They're going to be very precautious with Thomas. It's a tough deal. They don't need to make this any tougher than it is. Um, so I would expect we could see him if we did this year late, um, but we'll see. I, I think it's literally a month-to-month deal, and uh, a lot of it is where Thomas is at at that point. Next question is from Faux Frost. Uh, wants to know, do you have a good feeling on who will be the starters at receiver in week zero? I'm interested to see how Whipple and Mickey use these guys in the new offense. Who will be the starters? Trey Palmer, he's in for sure. I think you got to put him right away at the top of the list I think Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda is right there. I think Marcus Washington's going to get himself in that conversation. Maybe Omar Manning and then Alante Brown. I mean, I think those guys, those five I like right now. Oliver Martin's right there too. Um, the wild card to me is Janiron Bonner and then Nicholas Crawford. But particularly Bonner, physically, he just looks different than the guys they have on this team. Um, I think if he has a good camp, there's a chance that Janiron Bonner could find a role on the field um, but I think that top group is pretty set. Um, I think Marcus Washington's going to find his way in there from what I hear. I believe, though, Trey Palmer is probably your top guy. Um, and that leads me to the next question. It's from Scott Osborne. Do we have a 1,000-yard receiver 
or running back on this roster currently. And I, I do think Trey Palmer at receiver can be a thousand yard guy. I think if I were to handicap it, he's probably the only one I could see that get could get to that level. Um, I think there's a lot of guys that have the potential to be like six to eight hundred. Um, but I think Trey Palmer, if there's a thousand yard guy, would be the one at running back. That one we don't really know because we don't know how it's going to shake out. Um, I think Gabe Irvin's injury and how he comes back off that is a big part of it. Um, but I think Anthony Grant's the other part. I, I think he could be a guy like that. We know Ramir Johnson is going to be a slot type of player this year, so I don't know if he's quite a thousand-yard guy. Um, and they need one. I really think for this team to take the next step, they need to have a one-thousand-yard back and maybe even a receiver. And I think when the quarterback is not going to run as much, Casey Thompson or Chuba Purdy, um, they're not going to be like Adrian Martinez. I think it is going to open things up for more receivers to get touches on short passes, and I think you're going to see more running back plays. Um, so I do think there's a great chance to have both this year in this offense, mainly because it won't be so focused on the quarterback having to run it. Uh, the next question is from Husker Nation fan. With the injuries to players like Teddy Prohaska, Thomas Fedoni, and Travis Volkleg, is strength and conditioning a concern, or is it more just bad luck than anything? And I don't know if there's an answer to that. I think it's a little bit of everything. But the bottom line is, these guys are big. I mean, I've, I've taken some pictures and I've been mocked on Twitter and um, other message boards about how short I look. I'm 5'11". And yes, I am 5'11". I've been accused of lying about my height after seeing these pictures. But when you see the size of these players at 6'9", 6'7", 6'6", and how big these guys are physically, I just think in general, the contact, the force of the game is greater than ever before. And there's naturally been some more injuries that have come with it because of the level of physicality of the game and the size of these players. So um, I'm, I'm not ever going to say, oh, it's strength and conditioning while these guys are getting hurt. I think there's a lot of unpredictable factors that play into some of these injuries and how they happen. Next question is from Kyle Anderson. Kyle wants to know, there have been a lot of talk about elite recruiters now that we have Joseph, uh, Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush. So who are the big recruits that our staff is going after that the previous staff would not have been able to get that we would have no chance of landing. Thank you. Love your content. Well, thank you, Kyle. And um, I think the biggest two things that jump out to me, number one, Mickey Joseph in Louisiana and the way he's been with receivers, they were not getting that kind of recruiting from Troy Walters or Matt Lubick, period. End of statement. Um, they just weren't winning battles. And Mickey is getting legit SEC guys to Nebraska at the receiver position that they were not getting before. I think with Bill Bush, he's got something that, you know, everything he does, he's kind of got a give a damn factor. He cares. He really, really wants Nebraska to win, and it means a lot to him. And, you know, you saw it with the way he did special teams. He went out of his way to help Nebraska get Brian Buschini, help them get Timmy Bleakrod at kicker. Um, he found Brendan Frankie for kickoff specialists a year ago. And I, I think the same thing is with all of his recruiting. I and mean, he's gotten into Kansas City. He got Jaden Doss. They haven't gotten a Missouri recruit in a number of years. So I just think alone with what Bush has done in Kansas and Missouri, they weren't getting that before. Um, so those two examples probably are what jump out to me. Uh, next question, Turner Hoffman, are you still traveling to Dublin for the first game? Yes, come on, Turner. I am going to Dublin. I'm going to be working. And by the way, I'm working a lot. I, I can't publish articles on a website called Husker Online because of a contractual deal with rivals uh, because I'm currently a publisher with another site and that site's agreement runs um, for a little bit longer starting September 1st obviously I can start writing articles but 
I still am very busy um, doing interviews every day with Husker Online YouTube, Husker Online Podcast, Channel 7 TV, KFAB Radio in Omaha, number of speaking events. So, yes, I'll be in Dublin, and yes, I'll be very busy on that trip. I know Channel 7, we're going to do a special show uh, for Omaha TV out there and a number of other things. So my role will be a little bit different for the first game of the year than what it normally would be. Uh, but come Thursday of North Dakota week, which is September 1st, all gloves are off. I'm back at it full steam. And I appreciate everybody kind of working through me, working with me through kind of a very, un, you know, an unpredictable life situation. And um, it is what it is. And life will be fine. But yes, I'm looking forward to Dublin and the trip out to Ireland. Um, next question from Phil. Phil wants to know any idea what is going on with Marcus Washington? Nothing. Um, yeah, I know there's been some rumors and things out there floated about things, but Marcus is, I interviewed him this week. Um, things are going great with Marcus. I know Mickey Joseph's very high on Marcus um, and what he brings to the table. He's in a great position to play this year. Uh, next question is from Frank Dukes. By the way, I love the movie Bloodsport, but uh, if you're not familiar with the name Frank Dukes, that's John Van, Von, John Von Kladdam's character in Bloodsport. Who is the best recruiter ever at Nebraska? I have a hard time not saying John Blake with what he did in 05. Um, you go back to 05, John Blake got Indomitian Sioux to Nebraska out of Oregon. He beat Tennessee head-to-head from Nashville's own Barry Turner. He beat Oklahoma and Bob Stoops head-to-head for – Tulsa's own Philip Dillard. He beat USC and Pete Carroll in his prime for L.A. running back Marlon Lucky. I mean, you think about that alone one year. John Blake, that year to me, that was the single greatest recruiting effort we had ever seen from a guy at Nebraska, and and all of those players panned out and had great careers. Um, So I have a hard time looking past what Blake was able to do as a recruiter at Nebraska, especially in that era, um, when you look at it. obviously in the Osborne era, there are some great stories about Jack Pierce and some of the legendary uh, players he was able to land. Uh, but that John Blake class of 05 group has got to be right up there as the best individual haul we've ever seen one recruiter get at Nebraska. Uh, moving on, Leon Wilson has a question. Do you think that Nebraska fans will source their own helium balloons for home games this fall? Kind of funny, you know, you mentioned that um, they, they welcomed some official visitors in, at least from basketball, and they had a big helium balloon display as they walked in the uh, Hendricks training complex this week. So um, they are still producing helium balloon displays on campus, by the way. Um, what will they allow is my question. Will the university allow you to bring in your own helium balloons? That's what we don't know. Will that be on the banned list of things that's allowed to bring into the stadium on game day? If not, I do think you're going to see some people get behind this. I really do. Um, and if I'm a business, if I'm Sandhills Global or Union Bank or, or one of these big supporters, put five or $10,000 into a balloon budget and pass out balloons that go up on the touchdown. I think um, it would be a really, really good marketing investment for somebody to get behind it. But Obviously, there's the environmental angle and other things that maybe some corporations don't want to deal with if they were the ones that got behind it. But I do think if they're allowed in the stadium, you will see balloons in there in some form or another. Um, Husker Scoop wants to know, what do you feel about the 2023 recruiting class and the number of players they'll take? 18, 20? You know, the bottom line is numbers don't matter anymore. The 25-man cap is done. You can take as many as you want. 
I said this earlier, I think you want to get at least 15 kind of solid dudes in there, you know, and build a base of guys around those 15 guys or so, uh, and then go for there. So uh, that's kind of where I stand right now. I think you want to get 15 to 18 in the boat early and then navigate December and January accordingly based on what happens to your roster because that's the wild card every year. What is going to happen to your roster in December and how do you adjust and rebound with the transfer portal? And that will be the unpredictable factor with recruiting. Every team in America is going to have to go through here every single year. Uh, Got time for a couple more. Got one from Brant. Brant wants to know, we have not heard about Henry Latoski. What do you know about him? Well, I was with Henry this week for some interviews that are going to be on the Husker Online YouTube channel. Let me tell you, this guy is put together. Uh, looking at Henry, you know, at 6'5", 310, he carries 310 as well as you're going to see. And, and he is ripped. You know, the guys are joking that he's one of the few players that when he showed up to campus, you know, carried 300 pounds in a really good way. Typically, when you're a high school 300-pound kid, you've got a lot of bad weight on you. Henry... You know, has always dieted well. He joked that he didn't eat fast food as a kid, that he'd eat at McDonald's. Um, you know, his family just nutritionally really did him right. And I think it showed with the way he looks physically here off the board. Um, final question, Maverick Noonan. Maverick Noonan in Nebraska or Stanford or Iowa? What do you think? I still think Nebraska is the team to beat. I really do. I know Maverick would like to visit Stanford, check it out. Iowa's been in there. Um, but right now, I would be really, really surprised if Maverick was not a Husker when it was all said and done. Well, that wraps it up here for this week's edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again to defensive back Omar Brown, former Husker Online intern Matt Reynoldson, who's now the weekend sports anchor in Green Bay, Wisconsin for CBS 5, and then former Husker Josh Davis, the executive producer with the Day by Day film. Um, great show. Thank you. Make sure uh, you follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, check out the Husker Online YouTube channel, and most importantly, download and subscribe to the Husker Online podcast. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 